Now to the blue line. Taken away, and the Kings chase it down on the right side. Here is pass in front, and score! Clifford driving right to the front of the net. You're listening to All the Kings Band, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Kings. However, the views and opinions expressed are solely those of the host and other contributors. They do not necessarily represent those of the Los Angeles Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. My name is Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. After being shut out three games in a row and then needing overtime to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Kings have outscored their opponents 12 to nothing in their last two games. Uh, things not looking so bleak in Kingstown all of a sudden. At the time I recorded this, they are 7-6-0, and zero, tied for second place in the Pacific Division, tiebreakers notwithstanding. They have a positive goal differential and, as usual, find themselves near the top of the league in possession metrics. All of that and... They get Jeff Zakoff back from injury and Tom Gilbert back from suspension. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting week. Um, I should point out that while uh, all of this is true at the time I'm recording this, it wasn't true when most of this episode was recorded. I've said it before. Uh, that's the hazard with podcasts. Things happen in between recording and posting. I spoke to Lindsay and Jack before the Kings seven to nothing dismantling of the Toronto Maple Leafs Tuesday night. I don't think we said anything that was contradicted by that game, but. Uh, had we recorded after it, we might have gone on about Kyle Clifford for another 20 minutes. Um, as always, I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. Subscription links and recent episodes can be found at lakings.com slash podcast. You'll never miss an episode. You can subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, any podcasting app you prefer. Thanks for listening to me ramble. Here's the episode, Kings fans. I'm joined now by Ontario Rain Insider, Lindsay Zarneski. How are you doing today, Lindsay? Doing great, Jesse. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. So, the Ontario Reign get Jack Campbell back. Uh, they lose Kevin Gravel, and they're calling up Demir Sharipzianov, if I'm saying his last name correctly. Hey, right on. I think everybody else calls him Sharpie. That's what I heard. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's that typical uh, hockey nickname <laughs> um, trope where you just slap an E syllable on at the end of the first half of his name. So, uh, what can you tell us about Sharpie and his game? Well, it looks like he's doing quite well at uh, in Manchester this year so far. Ten games, two goals, two assists. Um, he was with the rain in training camp and obviously development camp and um, all of that. A, a young left-handed defenseman, pretty good size to him, but I think what the scouting report is that um, his skating isn't quite up there to the AHL level just yet. So this will give him a chance to kind of practice with the with the big boys in Ontario and. Well, we'll see how, how long he lasts. I mean, I think that will kind of depend on uh, how long Gravel is up with the Kings, too. Yeah, I remember seeing him in training camp and in development camp. He's uh, 20 years old, six foot two from Russia. Um, as you said, four points in 10 games with Manchester. Was he someone that, uh, that you're aware that they were thinking about holding on to, or, or was he always just going to be a casualty of uh, too many defensemen? Um. Probably a little bit of a casualty, but I think he was probably the last one to go, to be mm -hmm. honest, um, between him and, and Lintu Niemi. I think Lintu just had a little bit of a step on him as far as development goes and um, the experience goes. So uh, I think it'll be good for him to be back up with, with the rain and um, just give him some more experience so that he has the, the chance, you know, later on to get up to Ontario full time. Have you had a chance to, uh, to see, Gravel playing for the Kings since he's been called up? 
I've watched them a little bit, but it was sort of difficult on the weekend, just kind of the way things matched matched up. But um, I thought he's been pretty good so far. I mean, I saw that he was going to be paired with Martinez, and then he kind of got jumbled around a little bit. I didn't get to see him play as much as I got to see him uh, his interview on Fox Sports West post game <laughs> the other night. To be honest, um, so. Currently, the leading scorer for the rain uh, is tied between Hensick and Laverde. But how, uh, <laughs> since the blue line has sort of had the most changes uh, in this season, how does the blue line look in Ontario? And uh, and how does Paul Ledoux look in his debut so far? Well, the blue line has been, I mean, a little bit younger, as you've said. I mean, and then the loss of Kevin Gravel uh, certainly doesn't help. But Ledoux has been playing with McDermott, which I, I like that pairing. It's um, it's proved that McDermott is kind of ready to move on from his pairing that he had with Vincent Loverty last year. And Ledoux actually scored his first uh, AHL goal over the weekend, though I did really think that Johnny Brodzinski had a tip on on that one. So maybe he can thank Johnny for that. I don't <laughs> I don't know, but um, in general, I think Ledoux looked a little bit more comfortable this weekend um, after really getting back into some games after that lower body injury. So um, it'll be nice to see him in live action when the rain take on San Antonio on Wednesday night at home, their first home game in, in quite a while, in over two weeks. Yeah, and then they turn around and go right back out on the road. <laughs> um, have you gotten the sense <laughs> from talking to Coach Stother or any of the players that they're getting uh, tired and, and ready to come home for a while? A little bit. Stuthers mentioned something to that effect on, on Saturday night. You know, we're finally going to get to play a home game. And I think, too, it really doesn't help with last week. I mean, they were kicked out of their, their building as far as practice time goes. I think there was like a Cirque du Soleil show going on at uh, Citizens Business Bank. So they came back from that Texas trip and then they practiced at Center Ice in Ontario, which, I mean, hockey players are uh, creatures of habit a bit. So, you know, they have to get their gear taken over there and um, do all that. So it's just a, a little extra um, n- nuance, I guess you could say, as far as um, things kind of being thrown off a little bit. So ho- this week they're home, they're back at uh, CBBA practicing and, and getting ready for that Wednesday game. Um, according to this, they've played eight games and used four different goalies. Uh, how, how's, <laughs> how is Anders Lindback looking? And do you have any idea what the rotation is going to be now that Jack Campbell is back in Ontario? Um, overall, Lindback is, I thought he looked okay over the weekend. I thought in the second game of the back to back, maybe uh, a little bit tired, some goals that he gave up that he probably uh, wanted back. I was impressed. And over time, he came up with a few uh, big saves in the in the Saturday game before the rain eventually lost. But um, I haven't been privy to any information of how the goaltending uh, will go. I would imagine that it might be just a general rotation, but um, we'll see. And maybe that will be something can be asked this week. What can you tell us about their recent uh, road trip now that they're finally coming home? Well, they lost both games in Tucson. It was their first of 12 meetings against that team. So, um, as far as the losses go, I mean, they are they were what they were, I guess. Uh, Vincent Loverdi had two really exceptional goals um, in the first game. They ended up um, falling there three to two. But in, in the second game, uh, overtime game, kind of uh, grinded out a little bit, but they lost in OT, really. Lindbeck had no chance on, on the overtime winner. But I thought the biggest storylines maybe from the weekend were just the rivalry kind of growing here uh, for – first of 12 meetings, like I was saying, but um, 
in the first game, Bissonette got kicked out with Stefan Fournier after both of them dropped the gloves right off of a face-off in the first period. So that's a new AHL rule. Um, kicked out immediately if if the referee believes that it was a stage fight off a, off of a face-off. And then um, on, in the second game, Aiden Hill, their goalie, was really going after some of the rain players with his blocker after Michael Mersh, after Paul Bissonnette. So things just uh, really started to heat up a little bit. So I think that would be a, a rivalry for to kind of look out for. Um, they don't meet again until early December, but then they're going to be meeting three times in eight days in early December. So that should be uh, fun hockey to watch. And, and if, then the other big – oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and a fun road trip if anybody actually wants to go out to Tucson. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it, it would actually be not that far. And uh, I don't know. It would be kind of fun. I've never uh, gone to a road uh, rain game yet, but um, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, and I think, too, I mean, the other storyline from the weekend was just that the power play kind of dipped a little bit. Um, I, and there's only one person to blame, apparently. It's me because I wrote about the power play. And, <laughs> and Stuthers didn't really want me, didn't want to answer questions about it for fear of jinxing it. And, you know, here they go. They go 0 for 5, uh, give up on the weekend, give up a shorthanded goal on the second game. Uh, Tucson goes 4 for 6. And so the rain power play that started the weekend, off at 44% has now dipped and Tucson is right on their heels for that AHL lead. Well, there you go. If anybody wants to write any angry letters about the uh, Ontario rain power play, you know, <laughs> you know where to direct them now. Um, <laughs> they play the rampage at home Wednesday night. Uh, then they go right back out on the road. As we've said, Saturday uh, in Iowa, Sunday, I don't know where Rockford is, um, but they play the Illinois. Rock- there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Illinois for the, the ice hogs. Then they come back. Uh, they play a home and away series uh, Friday the 18th in Stockton and Wednesday, November 23rd in Ontario against Stockton. Um, do we know anything about the Iowa Wild and the I- Rockford Ice Hogs, or are these just uh, schedule padding games that have to be played? Yeah, I mean, Iowa is where Brett Sutter played last year, so there will be a little bit of a homecoming for him going uh, back that way. Uh, those are both Central Division teams, both kind of off to a – Rough start. They're sixth. Uh, Iowa sixth, and Rockford is seventh, respectively, in that division of eight teams. So, um, Rockford is the Blackhawks affiliate, and that's kind of about it, really. I mean, the Rain face these teams just uh, twice each this mm. season, two t- this this trip, and then they they go out. Um, the Iowa and Rockford teams come back this way, I believe, in February. So. Um, just kind of filling the schedule, different teams, different different look for this year. Last season, the rain leapt out to a pretty big lead pretty early and never really were challenged. This year, they're fifth in the mm-hmm. in the division after eight games. I think a lot of that, I mean, we've talked about it endlessly, but I think a lot of that can be pinned on the goaltending. Now that there appears to be some stability returning to the net, um, do you think that they'll climb back to the top of the – maybe not in first place, but do you think they'll they'll mm-hmm. contend again this year, or is this going to – be a a feeling out year for everybody i think it's going to help definitely to have the goaltending situation back to normal i mean that was really rocky and a lot was asked of you know guys with very little experience and so now they have campbell back they have Lindbach, and they have some you know really viable options um, guys with experience so I really don't think they're going to get up to that top level. I mean, they really had a great, great lead, like you said, last year, where they were just kind of able to 
build that um, confidence and then sort of cruise. But I do see them being a playoff team just by virtue of the way that they work and the way that they've been playing. I mean, they got one out of four points on the weekend in Tucson, but they probably deserved a little bit better for the effort that they have. And I think, too, just coming home, eventually getting some home games going, that's going to help as well. It's a little little rough being on the road this much this early in the season with so many injuries, different call-ups and that sort of thing. But um, a lot of AHL teams are affected by call-ups and, and injuries. And, you know, losing a guy like Kevin Gravel isn't easy. And if more players get called up, I mean, that's how teams sort of suffer at the AHL level. I think even Stuthers was talking about it recently that, you know, San Antonio had like a really down year last year, but a lot of that had to do with, injuries and recalls and so um hopefully the rain don't you know fall victim to that sort of thing but i see them being a playoff team but i mean it's early in the season um they're gonna grind teams out the way the way that they play well your uh your opportunity to see them kings fans is always wednesday (laughs) (laughs) wednesday november 9th and then they're back on the road for two weeks they don't come back until wednesday november 23rd so uh, it's a ton of fun. You can see the future of the Kings playing out there in Ontario. I recommend everybody do it. Thanks for joining us as always, Lindsay. We appreciate it. You're very welcome, Jesse. Have a good one. You too. Joining me now, senior producer from Fox Sports West, Jack A. Wilson. How are you doing today, Jack? Uh, I, I'm doing great. I voted. I did my civic duty. Uh, and I'm ready to watch the uh, the Kings uh take on Austin Matthews here, uh, who I don't even think would be old enough to vote in America. Is that true? He's like 16. <laughs> Pretty sure he's old enough. <laughs> but you had uh, some thoughts on the Kings two-game winning streak. Yeah, Jesse. Trevor Lewis ended the uh, <laughs> the the painful uh, goal score, goalless streak, and I have thoughts. No, I... It's hey, what more could you want as a Kings fan than these last two games, right? We, we endured the, the three-game stretch there. Those uh, two tough road games, and uh, a not great showing against the Ducks, uh, and we were we were re- rewarded with uh, a Trevor Lewis goal, a uh, Kyle Clifford goal, and can we another reminder that Kyle Clifford only scores goals on the break, right? Like I mean, he's never every Kyle, Kyle Clifford goal is spectacular. He ends up on his back, or he uh, he he deeks the goalie out, or whatever it is. There's there's no just standard boring Kyle Clifford goals, so. We're first treated with that, and and then we uh, and a Matt Green goal, by the way, to boot, and uh, and then Devin Sedaguchi on Saturday night. I, I think I've said a few times. I think Devin Sedaguchi is the best story in in hockey right now. Um, I think if he was playing in Toronto or Chicago or somewhere like that, uh, I think the the story would be getting a lot more attention. I, I I think got some nice attention at the beginning of the season. It's kind of fizzled out when what well, he 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 it's becoming even more interesting now because he, he looks good. Like he, he's starting to show the signs of Devin Sataguchi from the past. Um, he's, he's quick. He's making good decisions. Um, it seems like his, he's getting more and more confident, uh, which I, I believe is what resulted in the, in the puck finally kind of finding the back of the net for him. Um, I, I am starting to, to I don't want to get overly excited about what he could be with the you know the right pairing on this team, but um, I'm I'm starting to get excited, Jesse. I, I think I think the Kings may have found something here, and and Devin Sedaguchi is just as kind of you know he's not going to score 40 goals, but but he definitely could is going to make some nice contributions. I think this season. 
I want to backtrack to Kyle Clifford before we get into Devin Setaguchi because I uh, proposed seeing Kyle Clifford on the top line, and yeah. a number of people, you know, said you're crazy. That's just silly. You know, you were the one who said they should stick to an identity, and yeah. I think putting Kyle Clifford on the top line 100 percent maintains that identity. And what you said was exactly why his goals are not banger grinder dirty garbage goals they are they're the goals of somebody with soft hands and a nose for the net and a and a high hockey iq and i remind i will continue to remind people he was the one who fed tyler to the puck on that yep. uh, cup winning goal yep. in 2014 well not not just fed him the puck but then drove right so into hendrick to lundquist's exactly. lap basically <laughs> and it, it, seriously, if it, watch the play. We've we've talked about it at least a couple of times. So, but that's great. We love rehashing stuff on the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, watch the play. And one of the defensemen has to commit to Kyle Clifford because he's skating with a full head of steam. By the way, at the end of a second overtime, yeah, like that guy is still skating with a full head of steam. Well, he's only right twenty five right years into, old. Right. Well, it's still, I, I'm just saying, I, I get winded walking up the stairs of my parking garage here at work. <laughs> Look, I get but, winded standing up but, out of my chair. <laughs> but he, he, he's skating right into Henrik Lundqvist's, Lundqvist's face with a full head of steam, and the yeah. defenseman has to commit to him, leaving Alec Martinez wide open for the rebound. So, yes, that, that is a perfect example of, uh, of a Kyle Clifford play right there. And the, here's the nice thing about Kyle Clifford and Trevor Lewis and, and guys like Dwight King, too. They can play everywhere on this lineup, yeah. and and they're they're not. That doesn't mean if they put you put them on the top line, they're going to get you thirty goals, but they're going to do well, and they're going to do what you ask them to do there, and they're going to do enough to where the Andre Kopitars and Marion Gabricks of the world, when they come back, and Tanner Pearsons can score thirty goals. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, that that is, that has been kind of Dean Lombardi's gift is finding guys like that who can play all up and down the lineup and look good wherever it is. I agree, and I'm and I am going to belabor the point even more and say not only would a defenseman have to tie up and commit to Kyle Clifford on that play, but it also distracts the goalie. Yeah, right? absolutely. Lundqvist also have to deal with it. So, and then the goal he scored on that feed from Nick Shore in yeah. uh, in the in the Calgary Flames game. Yeah. Uh, that was first of all, it was a beautiful pass from Nick Shore, uh, yeah, saucer pass over a defenseman. But for for Clifford to be able to to receive it, roof it, all at top speed <laughs> without breaking, um, yeah. yeah, it's huge. So let's now get into Devin Setaguchi because and and let's just let's just say like one of one one of the nicest people like just in in sports that that I've ever come across. Just just kind. Good-hearted, awesome dude, and I, I and just want so to stop I, fighting, Jack. I, I no, I know. I, I well, I we that's a whole. I would love to have that conversation about fighting in hockey with you one day because I have some hot takes. But uh, <laughs> but but I would like everyone to stop fighting, Jesse. I yeah. know that's probably unpopular opinion, but uh, I yes, I, I I'm I, I'm, I, I agree with you on that. I won't advocate for it, but but when you see your favorite players getting punched in the face, even if it's even if it's a moment that yeah. builds momentum or gets the crowd energized, I'm I'm just too old at this point, and all I can think of is, I like that guy. I don't want him to get punched in the he, face. All right, I don't want to get bogged down on this, but here here here's my my five my ten second mm-hmm. uh, uh, point. Right, so the the post Jordan NBA right mm-hmm. was lacking elite skill players, guys that could draw ratings and. And it became this very kind of mucky, 
um, banging in the low post kind of sport. And it was, and, you know, some of those teams were fun to watch the, the, the Knicks teams of the late nineties and, mm-hmm. and the heat and the, and then into the, the Pistons of the early two thousands. But then we got guys like LeBron and guys and Steph Curry and these guys who are in the league now, and they started calling the game tighter and they wouldn't allow the, the banging around and as much, um, because they wanted these great talents to succeed and they wanted people to see how good they were because that's good for TV ratings and that's good for ticket sales. I think we're at that point in the NHL. We, we look at the guys that we, that we have that we, I think we have a number of elite level guys that, that are so highly skilled that, that we've, that to a point that we've never had before. Um, we haven't had this many guys at once. I don't feel like, so we need to let them play and and speed let the game go faster and not and not bring the game to a screeching halt because there's a fight you know 20 feet behind the play down the ice so that that's my whole thing i understand the tradition i understand all that but i think you have to look at what we have in the league right now and figure out what our priorities are and that is keep the game moving and enough of that other stuff so anyway it it really is the worst when when your team is on a break and all of a sudden you hear the whistle and you go what what and you realize yes yes that that happened once and that happened once in the in the the ducks game on on tuesday and (laughs) anyway so anyway that's a whole other discussion and now we probably irritate a lot of people by (laughs) saying we don't think there should be fighting in hockey you know, it's a, it's a day for hey, it's a, it's election day. day for, it's for a time to divide sides, people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a time to divide the country. Let's get back to Devin Setaguchi, uh, a uniter, not a divider. Um, because I agree with you, he is uh, providing speed and skill to this lineup. And my fear when they brought him in was that he would do those things, but maybe at a detriment to what the Kings quote unquote do, you know, the possession mm-hmm. game. And you look right. at his, you know, and he really hasn't missed a beat there. You know, he's not no. he's not the greatest on the team, but he's like the rest of the team, he's quite good at it. Um I think it's great that he scored two goals and I, I think you're right. I think were he playing in a larger market or in a market where there was more local rec- like familiarity with him. You know, like if he yeah. if he were playing somewhere closer to southern Ontario. If you were if you were playing yeah, if you're playing in Canada where where they're yeah. more familiar with this this background and his story. And maybe had seen him play right in juniors or, or you know, seen him sure. growing up, right? Um but I think that it's entirely possible that the fact that he's out in California might actually be helping that because the pressure isn't right, there isn't that extra layer of right. pressure. Well, he's able to just be a complete I mean, I'm sure like Andre Kobitar probably doesn't even get noticed. When he goes grocery shopping, I'm sure Devin Setaguchi is a, a relative um, anonymous stranger when he when he goes about his business in Southern California. Yeah, and and I think I think to a couple of things you said there. One, you're right. Like, and, and we're trying to do our part here by by bringing more attention to the story. Uh, we did a <laughs> long sit down interview with them last week that will run in next week's Kings Weekly. I'm very excited for everyone to see. Um, and the other part of it is. From that, uh, I learned that Devin is extremely honest um, as far as what his story and his background, his journey, but also with where his game is at. Um, I think he he'll probably give you a more honest evaluation of how far he still has left to go to get back to his game than anybody else would. Um, and I think that's a pretty strong attribute to have here in his situation when you've been out of the league for two years. Um, so, so 
it's it's awesome and i hope it keeps up on this upward trajectory uh and and in the meantime we're going to do everything we can from uh to bring as much attention to a great story as possible and uh yeah man like you said he he doesn't seem to be missing a beat he he was it was a slow start he you know didn't exactly notice him a whole lot the first couple games um but a little bit more you notice nice plays here and here here and there throughout every game a couple more every game there was that assist he had, I think, against Dallas with like the fake pass uh, or the fake dump in pass that set up the goal, and then there were a couple moments like that where you're kind of like, oh, you know, the, the hockey IQ doesn't go away, and then all of a sudden, as seems his legs are kind of catching up to that, um, you know, again, we're not saying the guy's going to score 30, 40 goals, but for somebody who came to camp on an open tryout, th- this is this is a pretty nice. And for a team that has been crushed by injuries, mm-hmm. um, to just kind of this is a little bit of found gold to a certain extent. And you know, look, we've been uh, overly optimistic here at all the Kingsmen about the the player pipeline out in Ontario, but the reality is that I don't think they do have a ton of forwards ready to step in. And and a guy like right. Setaguchi performing gives guys like Mike Amadio and and Adrian Kempe extra time. Um, to develop right. their skills in the AHL, uh, and you don't you don't want to call those guys up in a, in the situation where you're asking them to save the season or save right. the team, right? Right, like you want to call those guys up when when things are going well and maybe someone's a little banged up and and you just you're, you want to slot them in on the third line, just give them a couple looks and see what you have. You don't you don't you need to be able you, you want to be able to evaluate them a little bit before you put the pressure on them. Yeah, you don't exactly. You don't want them to come up and have to replace Marion Gabrick. And <laughs> given given that the team um two games ago, uh I think Kings fans were prepared to call the season a wash and the sky the sky was falling. <laughs> Kings and, fans or Kings podcast hosts. Well, Kings podcast hosts. But <laughs> but but look, no. I mean after being shut out three games in a row, after not having won a game in regulation, after losing Quick, after losing Gabrick, then during that stretch to lose McNabb, um, you know things. I I think it would be it would have been easy to take a pessimistic look, and here we are. They're six and six, and they're back in a playoff spot, and nobody else is really running away with the division except for Edmonton. Yeah, and I don't think anybody expects that to really hey, expects hey, that hey. to last. Well, you do. If you watched sure uh, Jesse Cohen's debut in Saturday Straight Up <laughs> last weekend during the uh, second intermission, which uh, w- which I did uh, with Josh Cooper and John Rose, and uh, you'll know Jesse does not believe Edmonton is real for real. But um, but yeah, Daryl Sutter keeps saying it. Um, this is just stay in the horse race, right? It's a long season. They're gonna get start getting guys back sooner than you realize, and. Um, you know, there's once they get everybody back, there's still going to be a couple holes on this team. I think the blue line still need to be needs to be addressed. But I will say, this team all of a sudden has four really good centers or four really solid centers. Yeah. Um, and like some, I, I one of the reporters asked Daryl Sutter after uh, after a game last week, you know, with what Dow has been able to do. What kind of expectations? Like what what level they he, that he hopes. Dowd will reach right, like how how far he can take this. And Daryl pointed, he said, "We already know who our first two centers are. We just need Nick to be a good third line center." And I think Nick Dowd has proven that he can do that at the very least. So he's got as many um, points as Kopitar has, <laughs> right? So and then if you put Nick Shore 
looks like a hell of a fourth line defense for uh, centerman, yeah. right? And and that the fourth, third and fourth line have been very good. The third line especially, but the fourth line has, you know, I know there's been some changes, but the last couple of games have been pretty consistent. You know, I, I, it, I you got to be happy with the way that the, the four, the four lines are shaping up. Um, Absolutely. And we so said you, this, we said this after the flames game, um, you know, Lucic, Kopitar and Gabrick didn't click in the early goings of last season and everybody freaked out. Right. Kopitar still wound up leading the team in scoring <laughs> Gabrick. Uh, you know, had himself a season, and Lucic wound up scoring twenty goals. So yeah, it's it's way too early to uh, to stress about what Kopitar and the top six are going to do. And as you say, the bottom six appear to be carrying this team right now, which is exactly what you'd want out of them. Yeah, and especially yeah, exactly. It's it, we're they're going to be okay, and I, which just sounds funny since I think the last time we talked, the Kings hadn't scored a goal in three games. <laughs> but, but they're going to be okay offensively. Is, yeah. is my point. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah. So so um, yeah, I I think the, the, let's let's just say this: the good lesson from the last two weeks is just don't get too high or too low this season. Because it's it's going to be a little bit of a weird season because there are a couple holes in the lineup. They obviously have had more injuries already than I think we hope to deal with throughout the season. And it's a division that's very, very competitive and very closely matched. So things are going to look really dark at times. Things are going to look like the Kings are going to win the third, third Stanley Cup at times. So don't Jack, get too low. Don't get too high. Jack, it sounds like you're saying that one of the keys to this Kings season is composure. Yeah, hashtag composure. Hashtag the heart composure. doesn't get tired. Exactly. Yeah, let's not let our hearts get tired out there. <laughs> let's not. So uh, here's something to perk up our hearts. There's a new episode of Kings Weekly coming up this Thursday. What can we the, look forward to? There is. And I know Eddie Vedder uh, got a lot of attention last week for being a Cubs fan, which sure I was, new, was, was news to me. Um <laughs> But we have an we have an even more beloved Vetter uh, featured in this week's Kings Weekly. That's Vetter Purcell, uh, the 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 pup of Teddy Purcell. Uh, Teddy and Vetter uh, they're going to take a a cruise on the Strand with Alex Curry. Shot that a few weeks ago. It was a lot of fun. Um, awesome to see Teddy Purcell back in the lineup. Looks really good along Andre Kopitar. Uh, again, another nice little surprise. So we'll have that. Uh, Black and white coming this week in Kings Weekly uh, by a certain or, f- or focusing on a certain American-born player who may or may not wear number twenty-two, um, <laughs> and then uh, we got the fifty greatest moments. Uh, Royal reflections as always as we celebrate the fiftieth anniversary. Uh, we have uh, highlights of the CHLA gala that CHLA and the Kings put on together uh, at the beginning of the season. Uh, we have a feature from Hockey Fights Cancer Night from last week. Uh, Cooper, who I don't know if Kings fans remember, Kings fans remember, uh, we were, was talked about, and he dropped the puck last year at Hockey Fights Cancer Night. He was fighting in a, in a battle with cancer. Was back this year to drop the puck because he's in remission. So awesome story. We'll have a little bit of Cooper's story and some highlights from Hockey Fights Cancer Night. And uh, and the Kings were also honored by L.A. City Hall for all the community work they've done over the last 50 years. So lots of good stuff this week. And like I said, next week, uh, big Devin Setaguchi feature profile. Um, Devin was very honest, open, candid about his the last couple of years um, and even going back before that and kind of some of the stuff he's been through. 
you know, the, the peaks that he reached in, in San Jose and then what, you know, kind of how things got off, off track and went off the rails and, uh, and how he got his game back and ended up now back in the NHL scoring his first goal in uh, over two and a half years. So like I said, in my opinion, it's the best story going on right now in hockey, most feel good story. So, uh, make sure you turn in this week and then definitely make sure you tune in next week. Better than the fact that Eddie Vedder sounds like Teddy Vedder. I, I trust me. It's it's that, that has been like a little bit of a who's on first as we've been putting I'm this sure. piece together. <laughs> Teddy and when you say Teddy and Vedder, when you uh, it, it gets kind of confusing. So, but well, no, look, it's, it's a... good. Go ahead. What? I said, all right, I'll, I'll just pick it up. <clears throat> I said, uh, it's been a big month for Trevor Lewis, and uh, it's entirely possible, Jack. I don't want to tip my hat or anything, but it's, it's entirely possible that all the Kings men might be getting in on the, on the Trevor Lewis love this week. So uh, we encourage uh, are, are you. Are you, are, you, are, you, are you saying that you're talking to Trevor Lewis? Uh, no, no, definitely oh, not okay. saying I that. I thought you were going like, to have him as a guest on the podcast. I have no idea what you just said then. <laughs> we, uh, we may be talking to somebody very close to, t- to Trevor Lewis. Uh, oh, is it, is it Lewis the senior? We are we are efforting, as they say, to get okay. to, uh, to That's great. To, that to that would that be happen. good. I hope it works. I hope it works out. That, Me that, too. that would be Me a nice too. treat. But based on my experiences, that would be a nice treat for uh, for fans. But uh, either way, it's, Trevor's story. I, I'm not even going to talk about Trevor Lewis because I'm just going to open myself up to a million jokes. But <laughs> I think it's too late. Trevor Lewis time. is great. <laughs> awesome story. Cool story about a kid from Salt Lake City. Like we we were able to tell it when we did our, his day with the Cup. You know, dad's from Canada, Salt Lake City. Uh, the Salt Lake City Olympic Olympics and going to see the games played there, the ice hockey games, um, had a huge impact on him. So yeah, just cool story, cool background, and what he's doing now in Salt Lake City and Utah to grow a sport that really when he was growing up was not really existent on a highly competitive level. So um, cool, man. I'm, I'm all about guys who are growing the sport in areas where it's not traditionally strong. So that, that's where I'm coming from with my Trevor Lewis love. <laughs> well, keep your eyes and ears open, Kings fans, because there's a lot of stuff coming at you, both uh, on LAKings.com and at Fox Sports West. Uh, thanks for joining us as always, Jack. We appreciate it. Yeah, and b- make sure, uh, I think we're like, what, a little under two weeks away from our next Saturday straight up. Or, or as, <laughs> uh, right. as Josh Rosen, Josh Cooper, John Rosen, Josh Cooper, and uh, Jesse Cohen also refer to it, Sabbath straight up. <laughs> I do no such thing. <laughs> oh, that not you? Okay, never mind. So for Jack Wilson, my name's Jesse Cohen. Thanks for listening, Kings fans. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, Jesse.